Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Every time I got Paul Kershaw on, yeah. and um, he talks about his idea for home equity tax, the phone board lights up with uh, <laughs> homeowners who understandably don't don't like the idea. I do find it interesting, though, that he was asked to present to Trudeau yeah. and his cabinet because this guy, he'd been on the record in very controversial fashion on this idea for some time. And Trudeau had been, you know, people, the, the Tories had been pointing fingers at Trudeau saying, oh, you got a secret plan to bring in a home equity tax which they keep denying, and then they bring the guy in, though, to present to the cabinet. So home equity tax yeah. on expensive homes. Uh, so Kershaw, you know, lively guest, provocative ideas. I think yeah. he's got some good ideas, and I think he's got some ones that are totally politically um, unsaleable. Well, let's listen to the unsaleable one, I think, in your, I think we agree on this. So here's, here's Paul Kershaw here, UBC prof, on this idea of a home equity tax. Have a listen. It turns out a majority of Canadians are in favor of the idea that we could put a modest price on housing and equity by asking the 10% of Canadians who live in homes, value, who own homes over a million dollars to contribute slightly more in the value above that million bucks. Okay, so that's the idea. You know, if you own a home, pay a little bit. You still drill down 10%. While you look at Metro Vancouver, that percentage, I think, is or Capital Region or Kelowna is a lot higher, higher. than that. yes. And that's where all the voters are, and that's yep. where the writings are. So you're not going to even see Pierre Poliev suggest such a thing, or no, Justin God, Trudeau, no. or Jagmeet Singh. Yeah. So that's dead in the water. But I don't think you can challenge uh, Paul's statistics. I thought, again, we're very revealing about the the length of time it would it takes an average person to save for a down payment, right? For buying a house, yeah. I think he's what 27 years. I think he's at 27 years in Vancouver. You know, and he's right. Back in the 70s and 80s, um, it took you five years typically yeah. to save money to buy a house. Um, you know, we bought our homes 250 thousand dollars years yeah. ago. They're all worth you know almost two million dollars. So um, you just put yourself in a young person's shoes, or even middle, not even young. We're talking people in their 30s or even young 40s. Keep in mind, millennials go up to the age of 42. That's right. Yeah. Um, they're trying to save, say it's a, the average price right now in Metro Vancouver for a detached home is $1.1 million. Yeah. You're trying to save 20% down payment? So you're trying to save $250,000? Okay, that's one thing to say that. Then you're going to carry an $800,000 mortgage. Oh. You know, what's the, what's, what's the monthly nut on that? With the interest rates, the interest rates. So going up. That's just really impossible. So I think he makes a pretty good argument that this is unsustainable. But I do think, why not put all the resources, because I, I think... Owning a house is out of reach for so many people. And I just don't see, there's no easy solution to bring this back down to earth. It's just not going to happen. We're bringing half a million people into the country every year, and they're all settling in the urban, suburban areas. It will keep housing prices extremely high. I think the focus should be find some creative ways to tackle the rental situation. Because those are the people, far more people rent than own. Yeah. And they're the people who are just getting squeezed entirely. You had a, I think you had a clip of someone, a young woman off the top, about just, you know, well-paying job, just can't afford the rent. Yeah, um, in tears, as you talked about it. Yeah, if you're, yeah. again, put yourself, if someone just starting out in their career or even 10 years into their career and trying to find enough money to raise a family and pay three to $4,000 a month in rent. 
yeah. not ownership, just rent yeah. uh, on top of your other bills. It's an impossible. So I wouldn't be surprised. Look for the Trudeau government, if he's smart, if he wants to get out of this quagmire he's in, where he is just sinking so fast. Mm-hmm. And poorly would be smart to follow the old adage in politics. If the government's falling, just get out of the way. You know, you don't have to do anything. The liberals are just falling deeper and de- descending deeper and deeper in the polls. They've got to f- uh, have some Hail Marys. Why not some dramatic rental relief program? which would speak to a, get, get those millennials back in the fold. You talked to David Collette of, of Abacus last week. His poll showed an 11-point gap in, the, in that age group that put Trudeau in power. Now it's gone over to the conservatives, and he's yep. got to bring them back. And what better way than to tackle the rental issue? Not the ownership, because that's out of reach. Rental, though, that speaks to voters. Speaking of Trudeau and some of the mis- missteps and mistakes that he's making, I was kind of surprised that they hyped so much this cabinet retreat for three days, <laughs> largely focused on housing. They bring in this Kershaw and some other people to present. So building up expectations of, of some sort of housing program or solution, and they come out and there's like no deliverables at all. Nothing, nothing. There was basically nothing, nothing announced that was any kind of firm yeah. or detailed in any way. So basically, saying I feel your pain. We're going to do something about it, but no, right. no, uh, no details. Right. So let's listen to. Okay, let's listen to the two of them here. Let's start with Pauliev here, the federal conservative leader, asked a couple of days ago about what he would do about housing. Listen to how he frames this here. I'm basically proposing to do the exact opposite of everything he's done on this file: to balance the budget and bring down interest rates on mortgages, to remove the massive bureaucracies you've built up, so that housing construction can go ahead to sell off thousands of acres of land and thousands of federal buildings to build, build, build. Okay, so he talks build, build, build on federal land. Yeah, so the feds own a heck of a lot of land in this country. Um, Not all of it is necessarily usable for housing. There's a lot of contaminated sites that have to be uh, rectified. So it's easier said than done. But he's, you know, those are the right messages to send to people. You know, to say I'm going to do the exact opposite of Justin Trudeau, on a key file, probably is a good message, considering yeah. what Trudeau's done on that file hasn't worked yet. Yeah, and, you know, listen, I, I want to get Polyev back on the show here because I want to talk to him about some of the details of how he would accomplish it. Like when he says, oh, I'm going to balance the budget and bring down interest rates on mortgage yeah, mortgages. Well, really? How are you, what are you going to do? It. Order the Bank of Canada yeah. to drop interest rates? Like, how but would that again, work? Again, politicians don't necessarily have to give all the details. They just give yeah. all the shiny little slogans and stuff. And, you know, he's not the first one or the last one to take that approach to the electorate. Yeah, I think. supply the details. Yeah, I think bringing down interest rates is, is, is very, diff- very tricky right now. Hey, interest rates could be going up again. For, for all we, we know, we don't operate in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, it's a world economy. It's a global economy. What the U.S. does has a huge impact on what we do. So, there's a lot of moving parts here. It's a lot more, uh, I think, complex than Poliev would let on. But again, politicians yeah. are free to be simple. He also he also said detail all, free. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's standard operating procedure, yeah. I guess. You know, but as we get closer to an election, he'll have to provide some more detail. But the other thing he talked about is, well, let's He'll get rid of the. Pressed to provide more detail. He should he be may not though. He should be pressed. Um, the other thing he said there was, I'll get rid of Trudeau's bureaucracy here, so we can build more housing. Now this gets back to this whole gatekeeper idea that he keeps talking about, well, and also pinning it. So we've discussed before his idea that for transfer money, transfer dollars to municipalities to build things like rapid transit or whatever, you only that money will be earmarked to communities that meet. Certain housing start that standards. That's more deliverable yeah. than saying, I'm going to lay off, we're going to reduce the size of bureaucracy. I don't know how many political leaders have said that 
over decades. The solution yeah. to everything is get rid of the bureaucracy. I remember Mike Harcourt said that in the 1990s. We're going to balance the budget by just getting rid of the fat and waste. Whoa. Which was, you know, every, went the other every, way. Didn't he enlarge every, the bureaucracy? Yeah, and every political leader says it. And then they get trapped in the basically the structure of the government they inherit from the previous. So that one I don't think holds a lot of water. But tying transfer payments and money, I mean, that's the carrot and stick approach. Yeah. And, you know, David Eby's going to do that in B.C., other, you know, look for even Sean Fraser, the housing minister, was out here a couple of weeks ago announcing 10 projects in Vancouver, rental projects, and going out of his way to point they're all tied to walking distance within a rapid transit station. So right. even he is now seized upon this rapid transit stations. That's where you have high density. So the Liberals are talking that language. The NDP is talking that language. And Poliev was the first out of the gate with that. Okay, let's listen to Justin Trudeau here now responding, particularly to Poliev and his comment there he wants to build, build, build on federal land. So you have Polyev saying, I'll sell off federal land. We'll build housing on it instead. Trudeau addresses that in this clip. Let's listen. We see densification. We see uh, proper partnerships with municipalities across provinces as being essential to do that. And we don't think that the only solution is uh, to build on protected lands. Okay, so he sort of rules that part out. Of course, that's not the only answer that well, Polyev is talking about. He referred to protected land. Yes. Now, is he referring to parkland? Well, he's talking about federal land. You know, Polly have talked about federal land and federal building. Presumably that includes federal parks. At least that's how Trudeau's... Now, that was interesting use of language there. um, Polly is talking federal land as if there's some sort of empty lot out there. Trudeau is talking about protected federal land, which I would assume he's talking about parkland. Now... I don't think Poliev is suggesting building housing on parkland, but if he's suggesting that, that opens up a, a bit of an opening for, or creates a bit of an opening for the liberals. But I, I don't take that, uh, what Poliev is saying. But also, there's a lot more federal land in some areas than other areas. How much federal land is there in Metro Vancouver where the housing needs are? I don't think there's much here in the capital at all. There's um, a lot more provincially held land, yeah, provincial where, crown land. where there is no man necessarily demand for housing. The yeah. crunch right now is to build housing in where people live. Mm-hmm. And that is in the densely populated areas of Metro Vancouver and the capital region. Well, then you heard Trudeau at the beginning of that clip saying the answer is densification. Okay, so we build on the existing land base we have, I guess, build up. Well, and that's basically what Polyvia is saying around transit yeah. stations. Yeah. Build densification, tie it to housing around transit. And we're not talking single family detached homes. We're talking about building up. Yeah. I would think that's the inference that, that's made. I don't think how you could take any other inference. We're not talking about about um, one or two-story subdivisions. We're talking probably much more densification than that. Aldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Tim and Kamloops. Hi, Tim. Go ahead. Hi. Um, as to which party federally, because let's face it, it's always been conservative liberals, I don't know whether or not it may be the liberals by a hair in regards to housing, because it was both the successive governments of the Mulroney and Cretchen that killed and basically put the national housing program out of its misery. In fact, you're starting to hear people talk more about that. Another thing very quickly is it's going to be interesting whether they want to do home ownership or build rental only. This, to me, is what all levels of government, the private sector, have been shoving their head up, you know where, not to talk about. And very quickly, very last, agricultural land. We've seen what's happened in Ontario with the Greenbelt, and we've seen issues here with the ALR. So I think there's a lot of issues that they're going to have to deal with. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, first on the ALR, don't expect the BCNDP government to weaken ALR 
That's the um, agricultural land reserve yeah, I mean, where you know there are restrictions on building. That's the sacred cow. Yeah, it was created by the NDP government. It was yeah. it was kept in place by subsequent center right governments. It's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah, there might be some changes around the corners, but I think Tim raised an interesting point. Just what I was just talking about: ownership versus rental. Yeah, you've got to start attacking the rental problem because yeah. ownership is out of reach. I don't care. No one's in a position to save three hundred thousand dollars for a down payment in Metro Vancouver. And then carry a seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Yeah, the incomes just aren't high enough. Even if you have two good income, you had a guy on making seventy thousand a year, yeah. and he can't afford his rent. Yeah, it's when you put there's so many people in that position. So you got to tackle the rental because there's so many more people are affected by rentals, I think, than ownership. Doran in Burnaby. Hi. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm a thirty year old uh, marine engineering student struggling with uh, health problems. It's the healthcare system's backed up. In my eyes, 30 years old, uh, the problem is immigration. Uh, the systems are just backed up in every, everywhere you look. Housing, hospitals, schools, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's too much of an influx of people coming to this country uh, that we are all having to compete with. Uh, and if there's just no math for any of this. There's just no math for any of this. Uh, you know, we can try and uh, increase uh, rental programs. That might be a good start. Uh, but I have increase on foreign buyers taxes. I don't know about the, uh, you know, maybe vacancy taxes, but increasing taxes on homeowners. I doubt that's going to fly with most voters. Um, right. Thank you. Well, I think Doran raises a point that a lot of people are talking about. I mean, I think the immigration issue is a ticking time bomb. That number of people. And it's again, it's Ottawa opening the doors to skilled workers, foreign trained workers, um, foreign students. Great numbers, and that, but basically that does bring them in, and then the provinces have to deal with the pressure. Uh-huh. And there's no money flowing to the provinces to deal with this pressure. So Doran ran through a, a checklist there, you know, where it's housing, pressure on housing, pressure on the healthcare system. Any services you require from government are suddenly, the lineups are going to get longer because the pop, I mean, I still find it amazing. BC's population is growing by almost half a million people in a very short period of time. It's almost like you don't notice it until you do notice it because you have to wait longer for services, yeah. whether it's healthcare, schools, any number of fronts. And, uh, yeah, this, this is a problem that's going to get bigger before it gets... Uh, and it's, it's interesting now, uh, the government clearly feeling the heat on the uh, sort of immigration file, and we talked earlier on the show today about the number of international students in Canada. 900,000 international students in Canada this year. That's like 2% of the whole population of, of the country. A, it's a revenue stream. They provide a revenue stream to universities and colleges that they cannot wean themselves. And they also, well, they also provide workers because mm-hmm. these international students are able to work while they're in Canada. Now, it's interesting to, to hear a guy like Sean Fraser, who was the former immigration minister, now the federal housing minister, saying this week, oh, maybe we better do something about this. We might have to look at a cap on this, because right now it's uncapped. Yeah, Fraser is, so. uh, you know, keep an eye on Sean Fraser. I think it's interesting. He is starting, his message boxing on housing immigration is different than the, his predecessors in both on both those issues, whether it was himself in immigration, but also in housing. Are you suggesting he sees himself as prime minister, like what? replacing Trudeau? I think the the leadership talk, because A, it's fun to talk about. Yeah. B, it's mischievous. <laughs> C, it gets people internally all riled up, and they talk about it themselves. It's going to heat up. If, Trudeau's, yeah. if the liberals remain in the basement right now, they've got to do something dr- dramatic, whether it's a policy change or whether it's a leadership change. So maybe Sean Fraser fa- factors into that. I think so. Tasha and Richmond. Tasha, you got 30 seconds here, okay? Well, I'd like to see 
see more initiatives like the community housing dollars that were announced by the province yesterday for rent geared to income, uh, low-income rental housing. I agree with Keith. That's where the monies need to go. And collaborating with nonprofit housing associations. Um, mm. Federally, I don't like this anti-immigrant sentiment. Come on, people. Immigrants built this country. They're doing a lot of work that other people don't want to do. They bring a lot. They work hard. I've taught immigrant families mm-hmm. for years and years. So thank you, I, thank you, Tasha. Thank you, Tasha. Thank this you for making some great points. The immigration debate is you don't want to turn it into an anti-immigration of not. type thing. It's right. just whether the numbers that are coming in are supported when it comes to services, and that's that's the dilemma everyone's in. Keith, thanks a lot. Dr. Mom.